Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we are talking about Made in Abyss Journey's Dawn, which was... My choice, more so to kind of get Rick to watch it, simple because a co-worker of mine recommended it to us. Um, but before we dive into this week's episode, I want to give a special shout out to Tokyo Treats, who is inviting everyone to experience Japan from the comfort of their own homes with their snack boxes. Now, I know what you're asking, Jack, what is Tokyo Treats? Well, Tokyo Treat is a monthly pop Japanese snack box subscription service where you get up to 20 of the exclusive limited edition and seasonally flavored flavors in Japan. And these are snack flavors that are only available in Japan for a limited time. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jack, is it someone just like randomly going in there, pulling stuff off a shelf, shoving it in a box, sending it my way? And the answer to that is no, not in the least. In fact, Tokyo Tree has a theme for every month, and this month's theme is Snectacular Christmas. Now, Christmas in Japan is really one of the happiest and yummiest times of year, and the team is thrilled to bring you a taste of amazing holiday flavors through their Snectacular Christmas. It's packed with a special edition box full of Santa's approved candies and treats like the Kit Kat Strawberry Chocolate Cake, Christmas Kotoku Donut, Christmas Cake Gummies, and Christmas Crunch Mix, along with plenty more treats in there for you. Now, a couple of my favorite treats aside from the Kit Kat is the sour cream potato crackers, the snow sugar carintos, and the Christmas pizza corn snacks, which honestly are one of my favorite ones, and I would not be opposed to Tokyo Tree sending me an entire box full of those, simply because they are so delicious. Now, if you don't want any treats or snacks or anything like that, it also comes with ramen. And honestly, the ramen that it comes with is also very delicious. I do give it a thumbs up and highly recommend it. Now, you also, with your box, will get a booklet. And this booklet will tell you all about the treats and the allergen information and everything else that are in there. For those who have allergies, this is a great guide for you to be able to make sure that you're not going to be eating something you can't be eating. Also, this book contains a wealth of information about Japan's culture and tells you all about them, which I think is really cool. And it's honestly a really fascinating little booklet that they give you every single month. It is honestly, hands down, recommended that you get Tokyo Treat snack boxes. Now, special for our listeners only. You use code featured anime for $5 off your first Tokyo Treat box through our link that's provided to you. If you use that link with the promo code featured anime, you get $5 off your first box. And trust me, 
It is worth it. And the treats in there are absolutely tasty. I cannot sing the praises enough. And we were also talking about a bunch of wonderful stuff in the uh, pre-show as well. If you want to catch a part of that wider conversation that we usually do with every episode, you can go to patreon.com slash featured anime podcast dollar a month. Again, you access to that bonus content. And uh, if you want to help support us through other means other than by going with our sponsor, Tokyo Treats, uh, you could also uh, go to our store shop.featuredanimepodcast.com and you could go to our website, featuredanimepodcast.com to get all our information, to contact us, reach out to us, all the other wonderful stuff. Be happy to hear back from you all. And now on to the me and brotatoes. Man in the Abyss Journey's Dawn came out January 2019. It is a movie produced for it. Our ATX, Sony Music Productions, Kotakawa, just to name a couple. A studio for it is uh, Kinema Citrus. It's based off of a web manga. Genres for action, adventure, drama, fantasy, mystery, sci-fi, and survival. And it ran for just under two hours. So like an hour 57, 58-ish, 9-ish minutes. Yeah, it was one of the longer movies I think we've watched in recent times. Indeed, indeed. Now, um, honestly, this is a a really, I felt was was kind of a really solid movie, in all honesty, for me. Um, the artwork for it was really, really well done. The music was very, very well done. Um, but, you know, kind of initial first thoughts, Rick. Tell me, tell me what are your, your initial thoughts for it? Well, considering the fact that I know that it's based, not necessarily based off of, but it, it surrounds an an existing anime. My initial reaction, my initial thought is if the movie is this good, how much of the anime is actually being covered? And it was one of the things I was going to ask you about later on. And I, I will ask you later on. Um, but I like it. I like it a lot. It, there's very little going on that isn't intriguing, isn't impressive, and, and isn't captivating. Okay. Well, so the movie basically is uh is a the first like I want to say third to half of the anime, and so basically. Kind of the story behind this is an entire settlement or group of people have come to live on this island. And while they're on this island, they are there to um, go down this giant pit, this abyss that's in the center. And the further down you go, the more reactions and, and issues that you end up having as you go down this abyss. The and it honestly kind of gives you the air of, you know, they're trying to figure out and uncover the mysteries of the abyss, like why is there, who lived there beforehand, and and everything like that. Well, our main character for this, uh, Rico, her mom went down to the abyss, and you have different ranks and... Uh, levels for whistles. So you have like a bell, which is people who are under five years old. You have red whistles, which are children who are under uh, 
the age of 15, I think it was, or something like that. And then you have blue whistles, which can go down to a certain level. And basically, once you get to the second level for a red whistle, it's considered you're committing suicide and they no one will go after you at that point. But blue whistles, they can go down further. Eat, and then once you get down to like the fourth level or fifth level, uh, you you have to be a black whistle. Like te- you're not going to go beyond that point. And to go beyond the sixth level, you have to be a white whistle. And white whistles, they don't go at least in this movie. Details of how you get the white whistle and who is given the white whistle, but you are basically. If you go down to the sixth level, and I, if I remember correctly in the movie, they say, once you go down to the sixth level, that's it. Like, there is no coming back. It's like past the point of no return for them. And Rico, Rico sees her mother's whistle come back. She gets this calling, basically saying, come down, come find me. And so she ends up with this boy who's a robot she names Reg going down into the abyss to chase after her mother. And this is basically her journey going down into the abyss to try and find her mother to go down beyond the sixth layer to find out where she actually is. Cause she doesn't believe that she is actually dead. And the only reason why her, she is being told she's dead is because her white whistle came back and she is being told that her mother's dead. Now, one of the things that, there's a lot of world building here. I need to preface this with, with that. There was a massive amount of world building. I think that what I talked to you, I said copious amount, but and semantics at that point. Um, one of the things that I found very intriguing was that the, the abyss is this black pit that not even light gets out of. And when you go down there, it's a full on blue sky day, sunny. Lots of light. Well, de- depends on the layer you're at, but you also have to kind of take True. into consideration too the the when you go down into the abyss, it's an entire ecosystem. It's an entire structure that goes along with it too. So it's not just that. It's it's you know it's a lot. So it reminds me of the Hollow Earth theory, where like you know. If you go deep down, you'll see a whole ecosystem, a whole sun, a whole, a whole different kind of world. And they kind of built upon that. There were five levels you're allowed to go to in the sixth and possibly, I need to emphasize this, possibly final level. Um, they're all different with their own. And this part really makes me happy. Their own different time dilation. Time flows differently between the levels. At least that's what I got out of it. Well, so what they talk about is they talk about the perception of time becomes distorted the further down you go into there, which I mean, like scientifically speaking, I mean, like that is a fact. The further away you get from the earth, you know, the flow of time is different versus how it is on earth. So it only makes sense that it going further into the core of the planet would have a different a difference in time, right? So that's kind of the the mentality, I guess, that they're getting for it. I mean, I I, I hope to God we don't use 
I, we, I, I don't apply real world logic to this because it would it, it would hurt me a little too much in my head. But I'm just happy with them being like time flows differently to you than it would be to me. If you go down a level, you might think it's a crazy long time. But for me, it was only 10 days. See that, And they're like, well, if you go down to level six, you know, up here, it's been 10 years. But down there could have been a few could have been hours. Well, they didn't say hours. They said it could have only been a few years. So yeah. it's it's not that dramatic or drastic of it. Uh, there, but nobody knows. That's well, true. That's true. No, I, no uh, one, I, no I, one that's ever come back knows. Uh, the other thing I'm that sorry. they also I, kind of point out too is the weight and and structure that they put on the whistles. Uh, so basically, the further down you go, your level or your level uh, that you're at really kind of helps lend credence to the information that's being put up. And basically anyone that sends a information or, or a cl- or a balloon or anything like that back up through the abyss, basically if you're below the sixth level or at the fifth level or lower, if you're not a white whistle, it's considered the insane ramblings of an individual. Well, how do they know who it is? If not, they send the whistle up, and then that means you only have one chance to to send an appropriate message. Well, it's not that they don't send like they. It's not that they don't know who it is because the information that's being sent back is going to be signed by a specific person, and so uh-huh. they'll know like, oh, the person signed this. It's like because whoever's going to want to send it back, they're not going to want to put someone else's name on it. Because they're okay. going to want to gain that credit, the recognition for the discovery and everything on it. So that makes sense. So you're not going to want to sign it. Oh, this white whistle said this. And then the, that person's going to gain all the credits. So when you come back, you're be like, I'm the one that actually set the uh, discovered this. And or I'm the one that did this. They're going to look at you and be like, no, you didn't. So and so said this. I, mean, I get what you're saying with that. But it seems to be a very easy way to discredit somebody if you wanted to. You know what I mean? Um, right. I, I'm, I, I'm glad I, you're more honorable. Right. Well, I also feel like that there's a lot more like thought into the process of how they're able to identify it and everything else. So I'm just going based oh, off of that makes sense. initial assumptions on it. All right. <laughs> so. makes sense. Now, just curious, on your first, you saw the series before the movie, right? I did. Did you at any point in time feel that this was going to turn the way of Afruetta, where she is accidentally pushed or falls down to like the lowest level of the pit that needs to survive? Well, even in that regard, he wasn't pushed down to the, to the deepest or lowest levels and survive. And at no I, point. No, he wasn't. But- and at no point did I think that that was going to be the case, considering the fact that if she, if she was pushed down into that level and try to survive, it would be horrible. And so they they do explain um, the levels and the repercussions that you have when you're trying to come back up. Yeah, no, I yeah, they they. They made that very clear, and I was really happy that they, they explained why you can't go down and up and down and up in rapid succession. Very similar to, um, I think it's called depth poisoning, but basically you, have, um, you get sick if you go from deep sea to the sea level fairly quickly. 
Yes. Um, nitrogen in your blood will slowly kill you. All that stuff. So I'm happy they were able to do that. I liked the fact that, that uh, they introduced a, hey, if you're going to be a blue whistle, in order to reach this area, there's, there's a sickness. Here's the immunization for it. Make sure you take it. Yeah. But um, like there's a, each level has its own problems that if, and you're right, if you are not the correct, correct whistle, if you don't have the qualifications to go there, it's not the people that are going to get you. It's the environment that will reject you. And the whistle, the only thing it does is give you the ability to go there. And the people who are in charge made this system that if you have a blue whistle, a purple whistle, you are given certain things that won't help you thrive, but they'll help you survive. And yeah. so you'll, well, you'll be given the know-how of it, right? So you'll, yeah. you'll be given the skills and the uh, training and everything like that to be able to go on to the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth layer beyond. Right. And, well, and, necessarily- and, and gain Sorry. the artifacts. So the primary reason that they're going down there are for these artifacts. And it's meant mm-hmm. no one knows what these artifacts are. Uh, technically, no one knows really at least right away what they are, but they are very important. And people kind of go down there to try and gain them uh, to bring back up. So you have. Like, uh, what was it in the movie? They talked about the, the silent bell. They talked about a couple of other ones as well. So, and then you, you also saw a bunch of yeah. other useless or they claimed useless relics at the exact same time. Yeah. They're just useless to them. Yes. Um, but so I don't necessarily think it's you're trained to be this level. It's you've gained enough experience that you, you've graduated to from a red whistle to a blue whistle to a purple whistle to a black whistle to a white whistle. And if you look at it like that, the white whistles are the most prepared, but also the least helped because they, they're forging the path ahead. Every mistake that they make, everyone else gets to learn from. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's exciting it, to be a front runner and it's, it's, it's really, really intriguing and it's a fantastic story model. But, I mean, I don't think I'd want to be a white whistle, to be perfectly honest. I enjoy life a little too much. Right. Well, being, being, you know, uh, I won't go there. I'll let you, I'll let you watch the movies and figure everything out as as you go along, because. Being of the unique situation where you know what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I know how you gain the white whistle, which is, which is. Well, don't tell me. Which is explained in the third movie, how you get the white whistle. Oh, tell me off screen. <laughs> I'm kind of curious now. They, nope. Either way, either, not, not either way. Nope. Um, I'm not going to well, tell we're you. We're going to watch it anyway, so it'll exactly. be there. Exactly. get there eventually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'll reference back here being like, you lied to me. Um, but yeah, like the way there was a lot of plot bombs thrown out that find their ways into being a passive uh, not passive, but it being a passive phrase. They're like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That seems like it's going to be a lot more important than, than you're just a throwaway fi- a sentence. Um, oh, also, I'm sorry. I, I, I remembered now. I know I'm jumping around, but where this reminded me of Afroweta, um, she was being chased around by a big monster. 
Right. And she came to a cliff and I thought she'd have the plot armor that would throw her down to a level that would allow her to gain powers and stuff like that. Oh, you know, I got you. Got you. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, I'm pleasantly uh, surprised that didn't happen. Yeah, it, honestly, one of the greatest, th- one of the great things about this too is her level of detail in which she goes through everything as well. So she is aspiring to be a great researcher, artifact digger, and go towards the abyss. And the level of detail at which she researches something is also very cool. So when speaking of that, when uh, Reg saves her. It's it's funny because she goes into detail about everything that she she did to him to experiment on him. It's like tried drilling him, <laughs> setting him on fire, stick stick stuff up his butt. Literally said that you know checks. It's yep. like oh you know he's got a manhood and it it all checks out. And he's like wait what you did what with what and the what. So it was, and she's just like she's- listing it off, and she has her little book. She has everything written down and drawn out. Like it is hilarious it is it's hilarious honestly I, I i loved it the funniest thing to me was she wasn't the only one to do that to him yeah <laughs> and it, it, it was treated as if it was commonplace and he's over here like i, I what don't touch me he's Stop like it. why no. why you do this to me he's <laughs> like why do people think this is normal Stop. no no means no back up yeah but he's yeah. so, yeah, I'm not going to say he's so weak, but because he's got this, like, the incinerator is what they call it eventually. Right. Like this, this laser beam, this, this Iron Man blast out of his hand. And, uh, yeah, like, he has the ability and potential to be what I consider to be a very useful bomb, for lack of a better way to put it. I feel like he's a key of some kind. I feel like he's... He's more important to somebody else, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, no, it makes like, total sense. Uh, and he will, he will prove to be more useful as time goes on. However, I feel like right now he's kind of useless, and he's he's got a lot of useful traits and things like that, but he's not being used to his full ability. Uh, aside from the fact that, so like here to kind of give you an example, when. You go down in the first la- layer and you come back up, you'll get some dizzy or you'll get a little nauseous for it. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you do the like third layer, right, you'll end up getting vertigo and you'll hallucinate and everything like that. And for uh, Rico, it's actually very, very dangerous for her because she'll start hallucinating. She could wander into a very bad particular area versus uh reg who won't have that side side effect at all right because you can you can see this even in the second layer when she's going down and coming back up when she's reading meeting ozen for the first time rico gets very violently ill she gets really really sick from from just that small ascent even from the area where it's lighter that that barrier is the lightest and that that's a key word that they even said it's like ah the it's the the curse isn't as heavy as it normally is in this as it normally is everywhere else and that's why they built built it right there mm, built a little habitation yes inside the trees the the what they call them the settlers or something like that the yeah and it's and yeah, anyway. the other thing that i thought was really really cool 
It was really well done was Ozen talks about, you know, how people view and believe in the abyss. Like the abyss for them is their religion. It is their God for them. And it goes into details about why that is. Because when you're down there, you have like nothing else and you are seeing things way beyond your comprehension. And it goes into some pretty dark and, and horrific stuff. And one of the animals on there or creatures on there is like the corpse singers or something like that. And they basically mimic the cries of the people they killed and are eating to draw others to them. So that way they can kill them as well. Yeah, like that was straight creepy. And it reminded me of like a not a chupacabra kind of thing, but um, they're, they're skinwalkers. And what like the stories you hear in, in, in real life where they're like, if you hear someone screaming for help in the middle of the night, don't go help them. And it's either hyenas or skinwalkers. This is the kind of stuff that feeds into those <laughs> nightmares. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, I was, I'm not going to say it was haunting because it wasn't that scary, but dear Lord, it had potential. Oh, yeah. It had extreme potential. Yeah. And it was. And, and what's great is when, uh, so that one snake or serpent that was right there on that first layer for them at the beginning, they even mm-hmm. state, oh, this, this isn't even supposed to be this high up. It's supposed to be further down. It's supposed to be deeper yeah. into the abyss than what it is. What's it doing up here? Simply because the level of skill you have to have to be able to dodge, survive, and evade it is far, far above than what a red whistle has. Correct. And it, it, it reminded me, for lack of a better way to put it, um, if you go to the if you go to an aquarium and they have a large multi fish tank, there are certain fish that stay on certain levels because they're happy there. They're 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 comfortable there. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. It reminded me of a very big fish tank where, you know, the more dangerous, higher pressure animals were lower down. Like the deeper you go, the more dangerous it gets. And the, the other um, difficulties you'll find other than beasts. And one of the quotes in this movie that I found really interesting is um, if you go down, I forget what the quote exactly was. But it was basically, oh, no wonder nobody wants to come down here to save you, because it's not really about bringing you back as it is surviving. Like, no one's going to chase you down here because there's things that will chase them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and the deeper you go, the more dangerous it's going to get, too. One thing I, I really am happy about, and you already touched on this, is the world building. And again... They don't just like go copy and paste all oh, this or that and, or like what CJ had said in our chat, you know, like a Dante's Inferno's Rings of Hell type thing. It's not even a copy, copy, paste, c- cookie cutter type thing like that, because every ring, every area has its own unique feel. And when you're going through it, it is an entirely different world. And it's not like a world where it's perpetual suffering or anything like that. It is a world where people can and do make a life down there for themselves because that's what they believe in. That's, that's their world. That's their life, right? They can't, they can't imagine a life outside of it. Right. And there are people that are just inevitably 
drawn to the abyss and like they they can't help but be drawn to the abyss it's actually kind of funny um the 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 title of the book and not the book the the title of the anime and the um the what void okay okay so basically if you look over something high in real life now if you look over a very high place and you, some people have this, this, uh, thought, I wonder what it'll be like if I jump, I wonder what'll happen if I was just to fall over. And it's, it's, it's pretty much the, I think the psychological term is the call of the void. And this, this whole thing kind of remains, it kind of, uh, reminds me of that. They see this big hole in the ground and it calls to them, um, Yes, the abyss does call to them to 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 bring it back to the anime. The abyss does call to everyone inevitably. But no, I get what you're saying. There are some people that that when they they can't help but something when something calls to them. Okay, I get yeah. I get what you're trying to go for here. I, I get even though I, it's I, not I, something good for you. Yeah, no, I know. So, but bringing it back to the anime. Yeah, that's what I was. Right. Is that all you got? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to add to it. No, bringing it back to the anime, like the, the call to the void or the call of the void is a similar thing here. And I kind of understand why people would want to go and explore and want to go, not necessarily for fame or fortune, but it's it, it draws you almost like an obsession. And they live there until they get acclimated and they're they're. Their itch, for lack of a better word, is scratched until the further void calls them and they have to go further. Eventually, I feel like they will eventually go all the way down to level six, whether they like it or not. Or beyond, because we don't know if level six is it. We don't know if level six is it. This is true. To the bottom of the void. They're called for the adventure. Right. Some, not all. Right. Uh... The also also the other thing is is when you're down there in the void, you also have to compete with other areas and other people and people that aren't technically a quote unquote whistle, right? Yeah. So you have to deal with like basically scavengers who will go down there and sell things on the black market and everything else having to do with the void or the abyss versus the people that are legitimate for them going around and gathering it all up for scientific research, I guess, is how you kind of want to <laughs> spell yeah. it. Profit. For profit. For profit. But the entire ecosystem at each world is also very intriguing. So, like, at the second level, or the second layer, basically everything is inverted, right? The people are standing upright, but everything's growing in reverse and the flow is in reverse. So, so instead of water flowing down, it flows up and, but the animals are still in our perception, right side up. It's just, everything else is upside down. Mm. That makes sense. Well, you have to see it to, to understand it completely, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. And I, I again, it was a night. It was a very visually striking, rather appealing. Everything, you know what I mean? Like it was nice. I, I enjoyed. Yes. I'd watch it again. It's something that I would absolutely 
recommend the quality, the story. <laughs> uh, there was only like a few things I didn't like, but again, it were just the throwaways. Right. But overall, yeah, it, it was it was good. It was really, really good. All right. So on uh, that note, sir, on a scale of up to 10, how would you uh, rate this? Um, well, I'm going to channel my inner CJ. There was a distinct <laughs> lack of TNA. Uh, so I'm feeling like five. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, um, I enjoyed it way more than I honestly was expecting to. It has brought me to the idea that I really want to see the anime. Like I want to see the show. Um, and I feel like this one is a solid eight and a half. Okay. But well, I don't do halves, so eight. There you go. Okay. Eight. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm going to give it a nine. I really enjoyed it. Uh, being that I, I have the anime to kind of compare it to, I know what they kind of ripped out mostly. Uh, okay. and so, which I, I do think the anime does a little bit more justice. However, the movie does really, really well. It does a little bit more background and side notes. So it gives you different information in the movie and it tells you more information about her mother and how she was. And I love the artwork for this. The music was honestly really, really well done. Uh, and you're, even though they're children, you're not kind of detracted from their actions or what they're doing because you can kind of, in a sense, put yourself in the exact same, you know, mentality and situation for that. So for that reason, okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to give it a nine. Now, next week, we're going to be watching Made in the Abyss movie numero dos, the second movie. Which I'm looking forward to. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I know for the first movie, they basically summarize like the first third of the series, and so I'm seeing if they, I'm I'm very interested in seeing how they're going to wrap up the entirety of the series, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. or the first half actually of the series. So on that note, uh. You have any other final words, Rick, that you want to impart on this wonderful anime? Um, yes. The the reason I didn't give it a ten or higher was the throwaway comments that. No, this it, it's important. I promise. The well, throwaway comments that make me really want to watch. You, you two. said you said ten or higher. We we can't go higher to ten. Oh, no, sorry, not nine or ten. <laughs> I meant nine or higher. Sorry, a nine or a ten was because there was there was unfortunately there were there were some throwaway lines that flip everything on its head in my mind, and I'm really happy that there's a second movie because I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I hope they clear some stuff up. <laughs> yeah, and there are some bombshells in this uh, movie that definitely uh, that definitely kind of make you go, wait, what? <laughs> for it so that is that is for sure so i'm 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 looking forward to the second movie is simply uh m mainly because i'm interested in seeing what you're gonna say for it and then uh obviously because i'm am, i'm enjoying the recap so that's all the time that we have for today though uh if you feel like we 
got something right, got something wrong, did it too much justice, not enough justice, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us. All our contact information is available for you in our show notes. You can also go to FeaturedAnimePodcast.com if you want to hear some of the pre and post show that we usually do with every podcast. Well, not every podcast, the majority of the podcast. You can go to Patreon.com slash FeaturedAnimePodcast. A dollar a month will get you access to that bonus content. And if you uh, also want to help support us through other th- ways, like uh, with our sponsor, Tokyo Treat, you can use coupon code featured anime for five dollars off your first box from them along with our affiliate link down there so be sure to use that link and coupon code featured anime for for that savings and it helps support us help us grow and until next time i'm jack i'm rick and we'll see you next time